It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 608 at News Talk WSB, 608 and 56.8 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you care to do in your garden. If it's not making you happy, don't do it. Yes, I know you have to rake the leaves whether it makes you happy or not. I know that your spouse may or may not say, get out there, pick up those limbs and neat up the yard and rake the limbs, but... You remind them that we have the Bulldogs playing the University of Florida Gators today, and we're going to take at least a little bit of time to listen to that. So if you have things that you need to do before the ball game today, and you need some instructions on how to do it, or maybe how to avoid it, or how to do it after the game, give me a call at 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750 give you directions on how to do things more successfully Again, whether you want to do it or not, whether it makes you happy or not, some things you have to do, but I can tell you how to stay happy, even with the most mundane of chores in the garden. The mundane, of chore, mundane chores in my garden, I guess, has been picking up limbs. This past weekend, after the radio show last Saturday, I had some helper, had teenagers in the neighborhood that I hired once in a while to do my yard work for me, or help me do yard work, and they did a wonderful job. So Monday, when the when the yard trash truck came around to collect everything in front of my house, I was the neighborhood winner on the number of bags of leaves and needles and broken up limbs and everything else that we could think of that didn't need to be on the ground in my backyard. And one of the best things that I did, or I didn't do, I told Benjamin to do, was to take the lawnmower and go along the trails that I have in my backyard and then up in my upper yard too, the trails that are lined by these great big pine trees, and mow the trail because those pine cones were giving me fits when I would step on them and turn my ankle and it just wouldn't feel steady under my feet. So he went back there and used the lawnmower a little bit lower than normal for the lawnmower, a little bit lower cutting height than normal, went over everything, shredded up those pine cones, shredded up those needles, and I walked the paths yesterday and I thought, man, this feels good walking back here now. I'm comfortable walking on this flat now, shredded now, no pine cone now surface in my back, back back paths and in my upper woods, and that was one thing that I hadn't thought would make such a big difference, but it does. If you're not comfortable walking on paths and places in your, in your landscape, then put some more chips or put some more gravel or get your walking stones leveled up so they don't rock back and forth. That's a good thing to do. only takes a few minutes to do in many cases and just get her done. Make your yard more accommodating to you, to enjoy, to walk around it, to see your flowers, see your shrubs, look at your trees. Look at everything that happens in your landscape. So we got that done. We got all the limbs picked up. We got all the leaves, most of the leaves, I should say, raked up. Although I noticed that one of the, one of the things, you know, you just notice things sometimes. And one of the things that I noticed was that the pine tree above my neighbor's lawn was dropping lots and lots of needles. This is a normal thing. Pine trees are supposed to drop some brown needles in the fall, just like regular, you know, broadleaf trees drop their needles too. But I noticed that in the zoysia grass part of his lawn, that the needles must have come straight down with a little brown tip of the needle going zoop, boop, 
like a like a dart into the zoysia grasses. So rather than it being green with grass, it was brown with pine needles. All the pine needles that had fallen out of the pine tree had fallen down so that the, the needle part was up and the little brown wrapper was downwards like a dart. And it was funny to see that, to notice it in the zoysia grass. It held them up that, that way because zoysia is so thick and you know sort of so stiff that it held them up that way. It's one of those interesting things that you just notice and think, well, that's weird. That's interesting to see those needles dropping down like that. And then the last thing I did this week was to take a walk around my yard and, frankly, around my neighbor's yards, too, to look at the trees closely to see if I saw any hanging branches or any things that might indicate that repair work or branch takedown or buy an arborist or hire an arborist to come and do some work in the yards. I did not see anything serious, and that's grateful. I'm grateful for that. But I did see a leaning tree in one of my neighbor's yards, and I thought to myself, hmm, that tree has sure got a lean to it. It's about a 30-degree lean. It looks healthy. It's no, no root movement at the ground. But I'm thinking to myself, my neighbor needs to take that tree down. I'm not going to say which neighbor it is, but one of my neighbors has a big pine tree leaning over his house that needs to be taken down. Well, we got lots of people on the line. 404-872-0750 is the number. First in line, our friend from Griffin, Georgia, Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Miss Arif. Good morning, good morning. Uh, we are at that point, not to be steady. You're not the only one. And same here. When yeah. I go up and down the tractor, yeah. I have to be... You have to know where you're going to put your foot first and second and third before you get started with your first and second and third steps. Why is that the um, the um, the nerve from we don't concentrate enough? <laughs> I don't know what it is. Part uh, of I know what it is. Part of it is I have trifocal glasses on and I have to look down to see where my feet are through one part of my lens and in the middle part of the lens, right about five feet out, and the upper part of my lens, twelve to twenty feet out. I think it's part of the trifocals that I have to be sure that I know where things are by looking through my glasses. Uh, when I first started wearing glasses, um, it took me a good year because I couldn't go up and down yeah. the steps. Yeah, you have to look at the steps and at your feet at the same time, or you will fall down. Ah, no fun, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, What do you do to make your steps more 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 uh, steady, I guess, Nicole? Do you put straw down, you put pine straw or cone chips, or what do you put down? Well, uh, it's mostly grass in the back. It's only when I go in the woods. Yeah. But then again, they say that it's good for your brain not to walk on You're the city right. place. You're it's, right. It's easier. Just don't look up. Yeah, right, because if you look up and I know where you're going, you yeah. will fall into a hole and trip over a root. You'll be sad. <laughs> it's time for pecans, isn't it? It is time for pecans. Those of us who have pecan trees to, to pick up the nuts underneath, it is pecan harvesting time. It's a big crop this year, but is that uh, like uh, every other year or every three years yeah. or every four years? Yeah, depending. that's exactly right. Uh, pecan trees and some of the fruit trees, apple trees, for instance, will have one big year, and then they take, take the next couple of years to sort of recover their energy, and then they'll have another big year, and then another off couple of off years in there, too. So, yeah, this year seems to be the on year for pecans for a lot of people. Big time. And uh, are they, do they uh, less produce the older they are? Well, not necessarily. Um, one of the things that you could do if you had a pecan orchard like they do in South Georgia is do what's called top working. And top working means getting up in the tree with a chainsaw and cutting out limbs that are shading other limbs and sort of 
improving the structure of the tree year after year. You may not do cutting on the tree once every year, but you may do it once every two or three years. Again, to remove the shading limbs, to sort of make the structure good so the limbs don't fall out. And so if you can continually keep your tree structure improved, then you do have, that's one of the reasons for having a good year, this is they you know, make the trees a little bit better every year. So they live a long time. Yes, yeah, so they live a long time. Yeah. Pecan trees, oh my gosh, you've seen pecan trees in gold that are two, three feet in diameter, huge trees. Yeah. It's not necessarily because they get old that, that their output goes down, but it's because they haven't been worked on, haven't been top worked for several years before. Miss Arie, the uh, coffee tree, you want to see them on the other country, Costa Rica? Uh, well, we've seen coffee trees in Costa Rica. We saw coffee trees in where Italy or France, some other place we went to, certainly in Cuba, yeah. They coffee don't tree. live long, isn't it? Well, Jason Byers, our engineer, it has a coffee tree where in your backyard right now. Jason, what do you do with the coffee tree? Uh, I moved everything in on Monday morning okay. or Monday afternoon because of it getting cold. Yeah, so you got to have some protection for a coffee tree during the winter time, Nicole. But theoretically, Jason will report what happens to his coffee tree that he's growing inside. They say it takes uh, three or four years, and then they only live fifteen years because they give mm -hmm. out. Yeah, I don't know about the the lifespan on a coffee tree because I haven't gone to the same coffee plantation more than once, so I don't know how long they live, to be truthful. I don't know. We'll find out. All right. All right. I'll give a report next year. All right. Jason says to give a report next year, so okay, next year, this time, call us up. We'll find out, Nicole. Okay. How big is, is this tree? How big is your tree, Jason? Um, I bought it this year. It's about 9, 10 inches tall. Not big. No, it's a sapling. <laughs> right. A little bitty tree. <laughs> no, he'll get six beans off of it maybe next year or the year after that. He's not going. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, he'll be happy. <laughs> he'll be lucky if he ever gets a cup of coffee off that tree. But you never know. You might learn something new. And Nicole, for you and me, that's always the best thing. And we learn so much because we experiment. We call the experiment. We try to see that's what gardening is. Nothing but a great big experiment to see if we can keep a tree or a plant or a vegetable plant alive long enough to give us some happiness. And that's what I try to do on this show. It's been great, great talking to you this morning, Nicole. It's made me happy to talk to you. And I hope, hope you got a little pleasure as well. I got to get out though. We'll see you soon. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day as well. It's six eighteen. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need. I found my thrill. Oh yeah, let's get some thrills. Gardening thrills. We got some weather coming in to give you some thrills. I'll tell you that right now. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Colder temperatures are coming down into the 30s tomorrow, perhaps. Today, the high is only 60 degrees, low in the mid-40s. Rain showers finished up hopefully by late this afternoon, so it is wet here tomorrow. Sunny, breezy, cooler, high only 55 degrees in Jacksonville, Florida right now. The high of around 81 degrees at kickoff at 3.30. The home of the dogs, News Talk WSB, we be broadcasting, of course, uh, four hours ahead of the kickoff. So we're here at 11.30 this morning starting our coverage of the big bulldog game this afternoon. Full weather forecast coming up in 10 minutes on News 95, News 95 at AM 750 WSB at 624. George, George, George in Atlanta. Hey, George, good morning. 
Good morning, Walter. I've got a question. Talk to me, friend. I, I've got, uh, I, I'm in a townhouse community, and one of our units has two hollies that are probably four to five feet high. And we're going to ta- take them out. Yeah. Because it's a problem. I want to know if I can transplant them or I need to throw them away. More than likely you can. I mean, most of the time when I move hollies, I'm sort of, I'm not very careful with moving them because I know that they'll usually come back. So if you can dig a reasonably sized root ball for it, and if you need to prune it back a little bit to make it more manageable and take some of the top growth off, that wouldn't hurt. But I don't see why you wouldn't be successful in moving. Most hollies that I've moved myself have been perfectly fine after a year or two. Thank you very much. So, you know, what, tell me the problems they're causing, George. I'm a little curious about why you say we have to move because they're causing a problem. What problem are they causing? Well, there's leakage into through the foundation. Oh. I, I wanted to get rid of any any problem that might arise. Yeah. And those two hollies happen to be sitting there, and I think they need to go. We need to move them out. Yeah to our holly hedge in the front where we've got gaps. Yeah, that makes sense. There's, it's very unlikely that the hollies actually cause the leakage. Many times, leakage is just caused by improper installation or there's some hydraulic thing happening with rainwater pushing against the foundation. But a lot of people have the mistaken notion that trees or shrubs or things planted next to a house will invade the foundation, cause cracks in the foundation. And that's really not true. The roots go into a foundation after a crack forms because they say, hey, look over here, it's moist. I like this. And they want to go see what's on the other side. So roots will explore already cracked areas, but the roots themselves don't crack the uh, foundation unless, again, it's a tree maybe that is swaying back and forth and it pushes the roots against the foundation that might crack one. But I understand. The holly can be moved and put it in the new place. I want to remove the excuse, and as you pointed out, Yep, it's not the, not the holly that did it, but the holly may need to be moved away anyway because you have to f- dig down and find out what did cause the problem and how to correct the leak in the in the foundation. Right, right. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate that. George, man, it's great talking to you. We'll see you soon. Yep. Coming up in the next hour, next half hour, next 15 minutes, as a matter of fact, Curtis in Dawsonville wants to know about growing black walnuts in the mountains. I can talk to Curtis about that. Roy out in Tucker needs his fescue seed advice because he put the fescue seed down a week ago and there's rain coming in. What should he do, if anything, about the fescue seed? Betty in Monroe says she's got she's got a, a hankering for a pot that won't freeze. What? How do you choose a pot that won't freeze, won't crack, won't fall apart in the weather? I've got some suggestions for Betty on that. You can give me a call at 404-872-0750. We'll be back right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.36 on a Saturday morning, 56.3 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, here to help you get around any job you do or don't want to do in your garden. All you have to do is ask my advice, 404-872-0750. Curtis is up in Dawsonville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Curtis, good morning. How are you doing this morning? Thank you for taking my call. Sure, Curtis. What's up? I have, um, matter of fact, I have some mountain property up in Suchus area. Yeah. And um, we are 
we are interested in probably planting a couple of black walnut up there. They're absolutely gorgeous trees. Yeah, sure. And I'm I'm having some trouble locating around the area as far as any type of nursery or any type of tree farm that's going to carry them. Um, mm-hmm. And also, as far as I'm trying to figure out soil conditions, the best soil conditions for them to be planted in. Wow. Now, that is a great question, Curtis. Where would you find a black walnut? I have three or four, I'm sure, that have sprouted up underneath my mother's black walnut tree, but I don't want you to have to drive all the way to Fayetteville to get one of those things. And they're hard to transplant out of the ground. It's better to get them, if you can, grown from a nursery, because in a pot, in a container, they're much easier to take out and untangle the roots, put them in, and they thrive after that. But, man, where are we going to get, Curtis, a black walnut tree? I have some... Some places that I've identified online, my friend Bill Ford, who used to run Johnson Nursery up in LJ, uh, he retired a couple of years ago, Curtis, and I said, Bill, who am I going to send people to now who want the real good quality nut and fruit trees that some people ask about? And Bill gave me a list of online vendors. He said, I trust these guys. They always have good quality stock. They send them bare root, two or three feet long in a big tube. No problem using them, but I don't have my website in front of me right now to look at right now, Curtis. So I'll tell you what to do. If you want to go on my website, WalterReeves.com, just type the word, I think, Fruit Tree Sources should get you to the right page. And okay. it'll tell you where Bill recommended as being the best sources of fruits and nuts, I'm sure. And you can get those walnuts planted. Tell me more about why you want them besides just they're beautiful trees, no doubt about that. Do you want to try to eat the walnuts, too? You know, that never really occurred to me. Um, as far as that, we uh, we were actually, we have mountain property right along uh, Cooper's Creek off 60. And um, as, as far as that, we're on our way to Blairsville uh, last weekend. Yeah. Just, they just have a, they have a keen, just a nice, nice look to them. And my wife turned to me and said, we need some of those. <laughs> <laughs> and you said to yourself, well, I better get some of those. <laughs> oh, yes, sir, you know. It's hard to get the nut out of a black walnut, so one one caution is don't plant it where you're going to park your truck. Because if you do, the truck will have dents in the hood and in the in the cab pretty easily when the when the nuts start falling. But uh, if you don't intend to eat the walnuts, they're a beautiful tree. You're right. Go to my website, find a source, and we'll get you some and up in Suches and get you to plant them and look pretty. Yes, sir. All, All right. right. Good talking to you, Curtis. Thanks for calling. Have a good day. We got Roy and Tucker. Roy, t- come to us and tell us what your worries and troubles are. What's going on, Roy? Yes, sir, Mr. Reed. Uh, I planted some uh, tissue grass uh, last uh, Sunday. I knew I know it's too late and everything. We're trying to cut down on the wash what I got here. All right. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, well, I know you know because you ain't too far from me. Uh, uh, it was raining just right on Monday morning. Yes, right sir. There. It was. But we had two little. Two little old showers that come in there a little hard and everything, and it kind of washed a little bit. So uh, my grass out there, you know, when I look around out there, and I don't know what to do now. It kind of washed some of the seeds up. Huh. I can see some of them, and so what should I do? So in other words, you see where it sprouted already. No, no, sir. I okay. haven't seen where it sprouted, but, but you know, I can tell where it washed, and, and I can see some of the seeds. So I don't know if it kind of rake over that or what I do or can do. 
this might be one of those times. Are the wash places real big or no, 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 not 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 real big. But you know, it kind of you know, I, I plowed up the ground and all that real good and raked it and all that. Yeah. And I put the seed down. You know, it, you know, last Sunday and you know all week before that was real pretty. You know, warm yeah. and everything. But yeah. I know it wasn't too warm. But I, I I just got behind and I just had to put something down. So I put all right, something I got down. A, I got a suggestion for you. All right. I do not see this product at Pike Nursery, and I'm not going to mention which big box store I see it at. I'll let you figure this out. But at some of the big box stores in the Garden Center, the Fescue Seed area, there is a product called Patchmaster. And Patchmaster has seeds, it has mulch, it has everything in there. It's sort of a gluey stuff, too, that when you spread this material over the ground, it holds itself to the ground because it's sort of gluey stuff. It's got mulch in it. It has a little bit of fertilizer, and the seeds are mixed in, too. And so something like Patchmaster would be what you would use, I think, in those small areas because it helps the seeds to germinate a little faster and to have some protection from cold weather and all the things you need to get the fescue seed happy and make them go ahead and, and sprout. So that's what I would look for is there are other products besides that name. I just use Patchmaster as yeah, yeah. one name. There's a couple more, too. But look around for one of those that has the mulch and the seeds and everything in the bag and use that on those little washers. Well, well, I have some, you know, my hair, my hair is about maybe 2,000 feet all over and everything. Yeah. Should, I, should, uh, should I maybe get some of that and put it in some of the worst places? Yeah, up, yeah And the exactly. rest of it kind of, kind of rake, go back over it and rake over it again or just leave it there? Well, Roy, you got good sense and you'll decide what to do when you get there. <laughs> okay. I think, I, you know, I'm not knowing what you have exactly, I'm not going to go any further. Yeah. Yeah, you know, think, we just just you know plowed up and everything, fixed and everything, and I did everything I know what to do to it, and and I put the seed down. Everything was good, you know. And, and that 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 when it was raining first thing Monday morning sure. and all that and everything, it did good. But them two little uh, hard little showers we had, that that's what kind of messed it up a little bit. I got you. Well, Roy, get some of that material and put it down and make Tucker a prettier place. And it's great talking to you, my friend. We'll see you soon. We've got Betty on the line at Monroe, Georgia. Betty, good morning. Hello there. Hey, Betty. What's up? I want some of those beautiful glazed pots with pansies in them. Oh, yeah. Outside the house, but they'll freeze and burst, won't they? Well, this is one of those times when it's almost always true that the more you spend, the better product you'll get. If you get one of the little cheap ones from, again, I'm not going to name a big box store, but if you get some of the little cheap glazed pots, if there's any crack in them, Water will come in, and when it freezes, it'll expand the crack, and the whole thing will burst and fall apart. And the good quality glazed stuff will cost more. And I can't give you a comparative price, but I've seen some glazed pots that were as low as 5 or $6. I thought, man, that's not going to last at all. And then some that are closer to 25 and $30, and I think they would be the ones that would last for a while. Yeah, I have pieces of clay pots all over this place. Where they, <laughs> and of course, I know they freeze and burst. Sometimes I say, I'm just not messing with it, and I've got pieces of clay pots yeah. everywhere. Yeah, and sometimes the way to... There are good clay pots that, can, that won't burst all easily, too. The ones that I have seen are the ones that have thicker walls, and were fired in Italy, not in Mexico. Most of the clay pots you see at the stores are, are made in, in uh, Mexico. And, you know, they go in a pretty clip, fast clip, and so the c pots are not that good quality from there. But some of the European clay pots, red clay pots, can withstand freeze after freeze after freeze because the glaze, not the glaze, but the firing was so long and so complete and thorough that they don't absorb much moisture. 
Okay, I'm going to try it. It's going to be pretty. I haven't given you an actual source, but you're just going to have to look around, look for somebody, then say, how long would you expect this to last? And don't think that $5 pots are going to do the job for you. Okay, uh, my budget usually allows for the $5 pot. (laughs) Mine too. (laughs) I can sure look around and see what's there because I'd like to. They show them on all the gardening shows and the magazines, the uh, multicolored uh, glazed pots, and sure. they sure are pretty. They don't show them a year after, do they? They don't show them <laughs> what happens when the rain comes. Pieces, pieces in the yard. <laughs> okay, All right, I appreciate Betty. it. Good to talk to you. Thank you. We'll see you soon. We got Randy on the line, Warner Robbins, Georgia, way down near Macon, Georgia. Hey, Randy, good morning. Good morning, sir. Driving down I 75, I picked up your uh, radio show. Yeah. I've got some. Uh, three- or four-year-old banana trees that are now producing bananas. Great. And Good job, Randy. I am interested in uh, what I need to do. Uh, are they just there for looks? Can I harvest them? Can I eat them? How big is uh, the, um, what do we call it, hand? How big is the thing, the stalk that's coming down out of the tree? Is it a foot long or three feet long, or how big are the bananas on it? Uh, the bananas themselves or the stalk? They're wrong. Give me the bananas. How big are the bananas? Uh, they're last time I looked, they're probably six inches long, maybe. Okay. Many of the bananas that will produce banana plants that'll produce fruit bananas. If you take one banana off and open it up, you'll see that it's all seed and no pulp. That's just the nature of the beast. It's the ones that can live in the tropics in Africa and South America and places like that that have a long, 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 long uh, fruiting cycle. They're the ones that we eat in the grocery store, but they have to have sometimes 14 to 16 months of warm weather. We don't have that in Georgia, obviously, for you to make an eating banana. Whereas the ones that go a little bit further north, where it's colder, even in North Florida, sometimes there'll be bananas there, the ornamental bananas, and they'll have banana fruit on them, sure, but they'll all be seedy, and you crack your teeth trying to bite into one of those bananas. So my answer to you is very likely the one you saw driving around is not going to be an edible banana, but there's nothing poisonous about it. If you want to eat it, see what happens. Leave it on the plant for as long as you can, and then take it off and eat one. Alrighty, maybe I'll offer them to my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Randy, Randy, that's no, bad. I, would, I wouldn't do that. Well, well, I appreciate your show. It sounds really interesting. Oh, I, uh, we have fun like this every Saturday morning, and we have a podcast too, Randy. If you ever want some uh, entertainment during the week, wsbradio.com, there's a podcast that has the radio, has the gardening show on it. You can download that and listen to it during the week. That's great. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. See you next Thank time. Thank you very much. All right, Randy. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Randy's place. Carolyn in Atlanta, Georgia is with us. Hey, Carolyn. Morning. Hi. Good morning, Walter. Hi. I have an olivera plant in my in my uh, room. And yeah. Go what ahead. What has happened is that um, all of a sudden I noticed that it had, like, maybe someone sprinkled something like that looked like sulfur. Uh-huh. Uh the color of sulfur. And then all of a sudden, uh, a yellow plant, a yellow flower grew up. The stem was the same color yellow. Yeah. And, and it was something almost like a lily, you know. Oh, it's little mushrooms. Those little yellow mushrooms that come on, on uh, potting soil. This is on the soil, right? That's what you're describing. Yes, something growing from the, the soil. soil. Yes. You, I think, have maybe watered it a little more than it needs to be watered, Carolyn. That's the whole problem. If you have any kind of 
there are, as you've already seen, little fungi, and they'll sometimes bloom into a mushroom. They grow on the top of potting soil, and if you keep it moist, and they're happy, and they're happy enough to make a mushroom, and that's what you see. So wow. that's usually a little more moisture than an aloe plant needs, and so my recommendation is to take a knife and scrape that yellow stuff off of the soil and not water anymore until you put your finger down into the soil and it feels damp underneath, or it feels dry underneath there. If it's dry, then water it. If it's damp, then leave it alone and don't water it again. There's no set schedule, really, for how often to water other than using your finger to poke down in there and see when it's dry. Oh, because I was afraid to touch it. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, just a little <laughs> mushroom. If you want to put a glove on to pull it out and put it in the trash, that's fine with me, but it's, generally speaking, I don't think going to be poisonous or harmful to you. Thank you. I had to set my alarm to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we go to 8 and 9 o'clock in the morning, Carol. You didn't have to set it that early to, just to hear me. <laughs> yes, I did. I, I woke up at 6, yeah. and then I fell asleep. And so it was well, 9 when I woke back up again. Glad, anyway, thank you very much. Glad you got it. Thanks for calling. It's 649 News Talk WSB back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today, high only 60 degrees tonight, but low in the mid-60s. Tomorrow, sunny, breezy, cooler, high only 55 degrees. Of course, we have rain showers in the area right now. They'll taper off by late afternoon today. And down in Jacksonville, where the Bulldogs and the Gators are preparing to play this afternoon, a high of around 81 degrees at kickoff at 3.30 this afternoon. Full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Brenda in Milton needs a little quick advice about her citrus trees. Hey, Brenda, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. How can I help? Well, I have two citrus trees, big ones. One is about four and a half feet tall, and Ooh. the other one's pretty big. Yeah. And I take them in and out. Yeah. And I was wondering, with this frost coming, should I bring those things in? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Good. Well, that's what I thought. I'm saying you that to myself, too. My little Meyer lemon is sitting out there on the patio <laughs> shivering, thinking, hey, Bring us in. Hey, it's getting cold tonight. Hey, Walter, come on. So yeah, I've got okay. Meyer lemon. I've got some uh, Christmas cactus, some Thanksgiving cactus. And what else is out there? i got one um, great big amaryllis still in the pot from last Christmas. It's still on my patio now. And all of them need to come in today, today, Walter, get it done. And Brenda. Yeah. And Susan, Brenda. <laughs> Brenda, too. <laughs> that's good. Right. Yep. Well, that's what numbers. I was afraid you were going to say. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's our well, job for the afternoon. You can do it during the Bulldog game, so there's something to look forward to. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for calling, Brenda. Uh -huh. Bye-bye. Don't forget, tomorrow, the Sunday edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, will have copious coverage of the Gators versus the Bulldogs today. They'll tell you who won, who lost, who did good, who did bad. That will be tomorrow in the Sunday edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, plus all the news you need to know from local, state, and national sources. It's, six, it's 6.57 at News Star WSB. My tang is getting in front of my tongue right now. It's 6.57 and one half at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news.